Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. WGR. Here's the American dream. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. Sports Radio 550. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Sports Talk Saturday. No respect. No honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's our time. Want to talk to the guys on Sports Talk Saturday? Call or text us now. You put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's our time. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. We're back here on another Sports Talk Saturday and WGR Sports Radio 550. It's Brayton Wilson back in the captain's chair for this Saturday's show as Nate Geary is off once again. Don't worry, though. Nate will be back tomorrow with coverage of the Bills and the Steelers kicking off the 2021 season at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. Nate will be on as part of pregame coverage. He'll also be your in-game host for the Buffalo Bills Radio Network for the halftime show. And then Nate will be on with the overtime show coming up at six o'clock tomorrow night, and we're man, we are, we are just rolling along here with Bills game day coverage and, and pregame coverage, and we're just we've just been busy all week for the past couple weeks. We have been busy talking lots of Bills football, getting you ready for the big moment that's coming up tomorrow with the kickoff of the 2021 season, one of the most anticipated seasons. Uh, Arguably, you could say in Buffalo Bills history, the entire franchise's history. Uh, this season coming up in Orchard Park is expected to be one of the uh, more anticipated, more hyped up seasons, just with the fact alone that uh, 
for the first time in a really, really long time, the Bills are expected to be Super Bowl contenders from start to finish this upcoming season. So uh, on today's show, we're going to talk plenty of Bills football. I've got quite a lineup coming up, starting with Sal in about 10 to 15 minutes here, as he will be joining me at 11.15. Uh, we'll, we'll go over his crystal ball predictions. We'll also get some final thoughts from him. On this Saturday on the Bills-Steelers matchup coming up uh, at 1 o'clock tomorrow at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. Then at 11.30, we're going to talk with our good friend Matthew Perino from Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com. He does a great job with Ryan Talbot running that website, covering the Bills and doing everything uh, to get you the latest on what's going on in Orchard Park at noon. I'm really excited to welcome in Elena Getzenberg. She's the new ESPN Bills beat reporter for NFL Nation. And she's going to join us at 12 o'clock. Then at 12.30, we'll have Matthew Beauvais from WKBW-TV in Buffalo here, Channel 7. Uh, he, he told me he's likely going to be on the golf course, so uh, I'll, I'll, try to, uh, I'll try to throw off his game as much as I can. Uh, then at 1 o'clock, we're going to talk some Steelers football. We'll get a perspective from the Steelers side of things. Is Andy Lindbergh from 93.7, the fan in Pittsburgh, will join us to talk about the Steelers. And then at 1.30, uh, while Nate's off this week, I- I'm still going to reach out to him and we're going to get some of his thoughts heading into tomorrow's matchup as uh, he will join us at 1.30 and we'll we'll get some early thoughts from him before he joins uh, pregame coverage tomorrow as he will join Jeremy White at 8 o'clock. I'll, I'll get you the rundown here of our coverage that's going to be coming up tomorrow. So on top of our coverage today from 11 to 2 o'clock here on WGR, tomorrow morning, Bills pregame coverage officially begins at 7 o'clock. It's breakfast with the Bills fantasy style with Louis DiBiase and Derek Kramer. Both of those gentlemen are back for another season to talk plenty of uh, fantasy football. They'll take your Bills questions as well. You can join the part of the show at any point, and they'll give you your their uh, their fantasy input on uh, how your lineup should maybe look or who you should maybe pick for a guillotine league or something like that. I know that uh, my guillotine league got a little bit of a nice little boost from Chris Godwin on Thursday night. Uh, Corey's nodding his head back there. It's funny, Corey, because uh, while I was rooting, like I've I've been. I'm in five fantasy leagues and a survivor league, and this is my first year doing survivor leagues, but I'm in five uh, fantasy leagues, and the guillotine league, the WGR guillotine league that Jeremy runs is the one that I'm always like most invested in because like you want to be the last one standing in a guillotine league. You want to have that that bragging right in the past yeah, two years. you generally want to be the one operating right, it, right. historically the, speaking. <laughs> in the past two years, I've actually finished fourth in the guillotine league, so like I'm really invested every single week in my guillotine league, and I feel kind of bad because I feel like then at that point I'm neglecting my other teams. So I'm rooting for Chris Godwin. I'm like, yeah, get the ball to Chris Godwin. Get the ball to him. Touchdown. There we go. Uh, I was upset about his fumble late in the game, but I was sleeping at that point, so I, I didn't really know. I had to how go. How far I had did to you get? Here. How far did you get? Uh, I got to halftime. I got to halftime before okay. I had to go to bed and, and be here the, early in the morning the next day. Yeah, so I passed um, out pro- in the neighborhood about like 10 o'clock. Yeah. That's about as far as I got. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was watching. Watching all through halftime, rooting for Chris Godwin, and I'm looking at my other teams after a little bit, and I'm just like, all right, I guess I should check and see how my other teams are doing. Uh, I was facing Chris Godwin in three other leagues. See, listen, so, when you have too many leagues and you're invested in too many spots, it's just yeah. going to be like you're going to be playing against, you're going to be playing yourself. Yeah. Like, this is why you got to tighten it up. I know, yeah. like, everybody loves to have 15 different leagues, but no, that's you got your money in way too many different pots. Right. No, no, I, I mean, like, I'm. I'm I'm not like uh I'm not like Mike Show. Mike's Mike's got like what was it? He 
somewhere in like the high teens, lower 20s for fantasy leagues at, at one point. Uh, I can't remember how many he was in last year, let alone, I don't know how many he's in this year. A national figure in fantasy sports, Mike <laughs> yeah, Shope. Yeah, Mike like, Shope. He's, yeah. yeah, he does. He's he, the he was real out deal. In Vegas. He was out in Vegas this week. Right. Right. He's so, in the command center for fantasy sports. So week. Mike is, is heavily, heavily invested in fantasy football. He writes fantasy football stuff for our website quite often. You can check it out at WGR550.com, anything that he's written in the past. Uh, and and he's pl- got plenty coming up uh, later on down the road. But I'm in five. I've limited myself to five. And then uh, we did. We just decided to do a, a Survivor League just this past week, where it's just like, all right, it, it's more of like a, a family Survivor League. Sure. We got you know, we got 15, 16 people, and we're just like, all right, let's just have fun with the Survivor League inside the family. Let's do that. And. Um, yeah, so I was have, but again, I feel like I'm neglecting my other teams while I'm like watching my guillotine league super heavily because I really don't like my guillotine league this year. I don't like my team. Uh, I didn't like my team after I drafted them. However, Corey, I do have to say I did pick up Tyson Williams Ooh. as, uh, as a guy that I was just like, I'm out of running back options here. Who the heck am I going to pick as my second running well, back? Well, uh, great news. Uh, yeah. a, guy, a guy suffered a debilitating injury in front of him. So. Uh, not not just one guy, not just two guys, three guys in front of Tyson Williams suffered season-ending s- injuries uh, for the Ravens. So now yeah. Tyson Williams uh, is pretty karma. much your starting running back along with Latavius Murray and Devonta Freeman and Le'Veon Bell. And I think that there's a chance Le'Veon Bell's not going to play this Sunday. We're bringing back all the old favorites. But, but I mean, you would think that Tyson Tyson Williams is probably going to get the start because he's been with the Ravens since the start of the season. And because he's the, not collecting Social off-season. Security. <laughs> Well, I mean, Latavius Murray, I mean, has to get up to up to par with the offense, and so does Devonta Freeman. So Tyson Williams, fine. Like I, I kind of lucked out there, but run that way. See yeah, the, see the where the that where the and end just, zone is, and just that. don't hurt yourself. Yeah, and see the guys in the yeah. other colors. Don't let them get you. Yeah, go. So, so I'm heavily invested in my guillotine league, and then I feel like I'm neglecting my other teams. Uh, but anyway, point I is, have I have one fantasy team, and this is the first time I've played fantasy sports in ten years. Dang, all right. So that like I am coming back into the fold after not doing it for a very long time. So <laughs> right. I I find all of this kind of stuff very amusing yeah. to see how complicated people have made their lives. So so back to my original point here is that anyway, uh Derek and Lou, if you have any questions for them with Breakfast with the Bills fantasy style, those are the people you want to talk to tomorrow morning at seven o'clock. Uh, you can call in, text in, tweet in with your thoughts and, and your questions fantasy-wise. At 8 o'clock, it'll be Jeremy White and Nate Geary for Bills game day. That'll that'll uh, kick off pretty much the Bills portion of the mm-hmm. pregame and show. And we're out at the stadium again, so we are it, live yes, on location. That is, that is wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful that uh, we finally get the chance to get back down to Orchard Park and be on location. Uh, so they'll be on for two hours, and then at 10 o'clock, and I'm pretty sure Jeremy's broadcasting maybe live from the camper lot. I'm at, not sure yeah, about be, that. We'll see. Right, sure. But, uh, but then at 10 o'clock, it'll be uh, Nate back on for Countdown to kick off with Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Uh, they'll be on all the way through 1230. Then we'll hear from Eric Wood with Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott. Correct. And then at 1 o'clock, John Murphy, Eric Wood, and Sal will have the call <laughs> and, of Bill Steelers and, and at Highmark Stadium. Time. The game is finally here. Yeah. It is. It, it has been a long time coming, um, but almost at the same point, it's like the time really flew by, especially like... It's it's sort of a weird conundrum because you're like, oh my god, game day's finally here, let's go. But at the same point, you're thinking, 
man, it's already game day. I mean, like, this, man, this that, is that, what the NFL. This is what the NFL wanted. This is why they plowed through their season and were like desperate not to screw around with that schedule. Right when like teams were getting COVID, when the Titans were mm-hmm. just a, a disaster. Like, nope, we're playing, we're playing, we're playing. Yeah, because <laughs> they didn't want to screw this up. Mm-hmm. That was the whole thing. And whether for it sure. was worth it or not, who knows? But like, here we are, pretty much right on schedule for football to be here, and it's here. Uh, and then once kickoff, uh, once the game is completely ended, uh, we'll have our post-game show coverage, the official Buffalo Bills uh, Network post-game show with Mike Chope and the Bulldog. And then, of course, Nate Gary will be on with the overtime show from 6 to 8 uh, before we kick things off for Sunday Night Football between the Los Angeles Rams and the Chicago Bears at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And it'll be the first game in Los Angeles in the new SoFi Stadium with fans in attendance. So it'll be it'll be nice. It'll right. be nice to get some primetime football on Sunday and get the chance to actually have fans in that really, really nice stadium that's going to host Super Bowl 56 this year. And that's important because uh, with the Bills being uh, favorites for many people to go to the Super Bowl, uh, it'll be really cool to kind of get that feel for, okay, there's fans in the stadium there for the first time. You know, if the Bills get there, I'm I'm not going to, you know, try and jinx anything here. I'll knock on wood. But if the Bills get to SoFi Stadium for Super Bowl 56, like, What's the environment going to be like? It used to be the Rose Bowl. Like that's right. that was in Pasadena. That was the LA mm-hmm. Super Bowl basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's in SoFi. And it's like Yeah, don't trying... don't remind Bills fans of the last time the, the Bills played at the, the Rose Bowl. The problem with going to four of them <laughs> is that there's four cities that yeah. like are always in play that mm-hmm. you have history with. Like last year was Tampa. Yeah. So like it's not you can't avoid the, the memories, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They're there for you. You're just gonna have to deal with it. But even last year, like I, that wasn't looming for me. They were gonna play the they were playing the Chiefs and it didn't like hit me in the face like oh man they might play in Tampa. Right. I never thought about it. Yeah. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the number here. If you want to phone us up one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. If you have any Bills questions, especially with Sal coming on here in a couple of minutes, uh, we will get your thoughts on that. We will get your comments, anything you want to bring up with Sal, any questions uh, pertaining to the Bills or the Steelers. Feel free to give us a call, 803-0550. And actually, we're going to bring Sal on right now. Sal Capaccio joining us on the Wester Hotline here on WGR. Sal, good morning. Thanks again for taking the time on this beautiful, beautiful Saturday. Uh, and it's leading up to what what is probably going to be an even more beautiful Sunday tomorrow. It is, absolutely. Uh, obviously, uh, today, special day in America, pausing to uh, you know remember all the victims, and think about all the heroes from 9-11. Yes. So we want to do that today. It's a special weekend in the NFL. They're going to be recognizing uh, many of those heroes and victims as well. Uh, but tomorrow's going to be a special day inside that stadium for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, tomorrow, just first time in, man, it, it just it, it's remarkable because last year you almost kind of forget sometimes that there weren't any fans in the stadium. But just with how great the Bills were playing, um, tomorrow, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a really, really cool event to see a full stadium again with, with fans all in attendance, cheering on the Bills, and, um, and and just tomorrow's game will have so much more meaning than just getting back to football. It's, it's almost getting uh, somewhat back to normalcy here for a regular NFL season, and, and not only that, but you're actually going to have an extra game on the schedule to worry about going forward. But certainly tomorrow is going to be not only a special day for the Bills, but the rest of the league. Yeah, you know, on our um, extra point show that you know you're on there with, uh, with Joe and I, we were talking yesterday, and we had, we took a lot of calls. I asked people, I said, you know, what is what do what does Bills football mean to you? And you know, a lot of people called in, and one person was crying and. 
how it meant so much to him and his family. He's mm-hmm. a service member. And, you know, his dad passed down, you know, the his Bills fandom to him. He lost his dad. And, you know, and just, it was incredible. Some people were just really fired up about the season. It was very different. But I, I like what Joe said. It's it's not just a game. It's a reunion. Yeah. Right? I think that's what tomorrow represents is a reunion around the league. Mm-hmm. You know, getting back together again for everybody. But especially here in Buffalo, one of the places that had no fans last year until the playoffs when there was limited capacity and even then six, 7,000. But I think that's what tomorrow represents is it's not just a football game. It's a, it's a regathering of people who've missed each other and missed each other's company. Sal Capaccio joining us here on the Western Hotline here on WGR. So, Sal, let's get into the matchup tomorrow between the Bills and the Steelers at Highmark Stadium. One o'clock kickoff with uh, with you, Eric Wood, and John Murphy on the call of all the play-by-play action here on WGR and along the Bills radio network. Uh, starting off with injuries, luckily for the Bills at least, um, looking relatively healthy. Uh, I mean, Sean McDermott said with you and Joe yesterday that we're not going to have Starlo Tulele in the lineup. He's going to be out as he's uh, dealing with a calf issue. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is questionable. He was limited at practice yesterday. Sal, is there is there optimism that maybe he could play, or how do you feel that situation is going to play out? Well, for McDermott not to rule him out and to say that he would be limited in practice, and he has been limited all week, you know, at least there's hope. You know, that's 48 hours before the game. You still have all today. You still have tomorrow morning. And, look, Emmanuel Sanders is a professional. He's been in this league a long time. I'm sure he knows how to take care of his body and to, you know, get things right. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't guarantee he's going to play, of course, but I think there should be some optimism, at least there, to know that, you know, this is a veteran player who's been down this road before. Now, the flip side of that is it is a marathon, not a sprint, right? It's game one. Mm-hmm. You don't want to put him out there if there's any issue whatsoever that you think could cause him to – you'll re-aggravate something and miss games in the future. And the Bills have a very deep wide receiver group. You know, I mean, what if you don't have Emmanuel Sanders, sure, it might hurt your offense in some respect, but Gabriel Davis is still there. And I think Jay Kumaro could have a bigger role. And Isaiah McKenzie is still there. So you know, I don't think it's critical that Emmanuel Sanders play in this game, but I would think that the Bills at least would, you know, take it up as far as they could to, to see if that's the case. Sal, what do you think about the, uh, the signing of T.J. Watt and just what it means for – um, this game and also just for the long-term picture of the Steelers because, you know, the, the Steelers, it almost seems like this might be their kind of last hurrah with Ben Roethlisberger, at least for the offensive side of the football. But the defense, they've got a young pass rusher who's a, a multi-time All-Pro who's still very good and just he, the second he takes over a game, you can't you can't take that grasp back from T.J. Watt. Once he's got the game in his hands, um, he knows how to just take over and, and totally dominate and wreck other teams' game plans. Yeah, he's a he's a fantastic player, of course, right? I mean, uh, he signed a really big deal. That's a lot of money to give him. But you know what? He's uh, he's been a top performer in this league since he came into the league. And you're right. You know, he's a guy that can absolutely wreck a game plan. Now, look. When, when Bills fans think back to last year and they remember that Daryl Williams did a really good job on him, it doesn't mean it's going to happen again on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. You have to go out there and you have to do it again. There's no guarantees. But you look at that defense as a whole, they lost Bud Dupree. Um, they're secondary. They've, they've had some changeover there. Um, they did sign Melvin Ingram. He's going to be out there, of course. And then um, uh, Cameron Hayward's a, a really good player as well. Right. So they, they, they have a really good defensive front. Um, Stephen Hewitt, that's a big loss for them in this game. He's not going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that it all is about their front, and it's about getting after the passer. They're going to try and do that with Josh Allen. If the Bills can mitigate that in any way, I think they're going to have opportunity on the back end to try and make some big plays. 
And, and you're right about about Ben and, and this being their last try. They maybe maybe another year, depending on what kind of season he has. But this is a team that's kind of even when they haven't had the greatest rosters, they've had a Hall of Fame quarterback, and you know he's kind of covered up all those holes. They're getting to a point where that's not going to be the case anymore. So until they figure out that quarterback position, they're certainly going to have to rely on their defense and the running game going forward if Ben Roethlisberger is not the same quarterback he once was. Sal Capaccio joining us here on the Wester Hotline here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Geary on this Saturday once again. Uh, last thing I'll ask you, Sal, about this upcoming matchup tomorrow. Um, what is the biggest matchup for you? Going into this game, is it is it you know the new look offense against this Bills defense? Is it uh, Josh Allen going up against uh, you know the, the secondary, the Steelers? What are you watching for the most going into uh, tomorrow's matchup? Well, it's where I think the Bills have the biggest advantage and need to take advantage of it, and that is the Bills' defensive front against the Steelers' offensive line, which is in transition. They're starting a couple rookies; they have inexperience there. Um, they, they could be starting four rookies overall on their entire offense. But, you know, this Bills defensive line is revamped. They put a lot of resources in it. You go back to Ed Oliver being their first pick ninth overall just a couple of years ago, three years ago. And then A.J. Epinesa, their top overall pick, second round in 2020. And this year in 2021, they spend their top two picks on the defensive line. That's their last top four draft picks, essentially. A one, a two, and a one and a two are all on the defensive line. And then you bring in F.A. Obata as well. You bring back Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison. They better get after, you know, that offensive line. If not, you know, we have some serious questions we're going to be asking about on Monday after this game and, you know, where that stands because this is exactly the kind of situation that they did this for. Now, I would also caution against anybody thinking they're just going to go out there and sack Ben Roethlisberger six times. That's not going to happen. The man does not want to get hit. He releases the ball within 2.4 seconds, which is the fastest in the league last year, according to analytics. He does not want to sit back there. He doesn't want to get hit. They also have a brand-new play caller and offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. So there's going to be a little bit of a feeling out process there. But I think the biggest matchup for me, the most critical matchup, is where the Bills have to take advantage. And that's their defensive line against the Steelers' offensive line. And the other part of this, Brayton, is you have a young offensive line, an experienced offensive line, going into Buffalo week one. I mean, that communication piece is going to be really big for them. Mm-hmm. Any questions that you have for Sal Capaccio, now would be the time to give us a call, send out a tweet, send out a text for Sal for the show. Uh, call us at 803-0550 if you want to join in and have anything that you want to pass along to Sal in the, the remaining few minutes that we have here. Sal, I want to go back to your to your crystal ball predictions that you posted on our website, WGR550.com. You can find it there on our homepage. And, you know, I think I think especially for the AFC, your your picks for each division, not too surprised. But the AFC wild card, I'm I'm a little intrigued on. Uh, the Colts, I th- I think, are a playoff team. But you know, uh, you have the Chargers there as one of them. But your third team, the Patriots. Um, mm. What what do you see in the Patriots this year that makes you believe that they they get back into the playoffs, especially with Mac Jones under center as as a rookie quarterback there? It was hard for me, great, and it really was. I didn't know what to do there. It really was more about a process of elimination. It wasn't about the Patriots as much as it was about everyone else around them. That last spot for me came down to really. Four teams, I would say. Um, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Broncos. And by process of elimination, and this is even before the Ravens lost Gus Edwards, I picked this, but now they've lost Gus Edwards and they lost Marcus Peters. They go along with losing J.K. Dobbins. I mean, they're really hurting uh, at running back and at quarterback now, two areas that they really rely on to win football games, right? They, they want to run the ball. They want to press you on defense. So 
I, I just don't think the Ravens are a playoff team based on that and the fact that I think the league is, by and large, kind of caught up with Greg Roman's offense with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. That was one. And then the Steelers, boy, I, I, think that, I think the Browns are winning that division, and I think that it's going to be a competitive division. Their crossover to the NFC is the NFC West, so I think the schedule's a little harder. I think Ben Roethlisberger, we saw him aging last year. They lost five out of their last six, including the playoffs last year. So I, I don't have the Steelers, so that left to me really the Patriots, the Broncos. I like the Broncos roster, but I have the Chargers making the playoffs. So how can I have three teams from the West? I can't because I have the Chiefs winning that. And that really brings in the Patriots, where I think they're going to be probably nine, ten win team. I think they can. But I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't be shocked right if they win four or five games. I don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. I think every single time I think about the Patriots, I have them in a different spot. I either have them winning four or five games or nine or ten games and sneaking in as a wild card. And I'm just not as high on the Dolphins as a lot of people are because I'm not convinced in Tua. i got to see it. So, you know, last year, with, even with all of their issues, Bill Belichick still did a pretty good job coaching that team. I think that they're going to they're gonna play tight enough, smart enough, good enough football on defense and running the ball to get in there. But, again, it's, just, it's, not a, it's, a, it's a shaky ground pick. I just don't think that they're going to be like some wild team that's going to be – I don't think they're going to win the division, and they're probably going to be out early in the playoffs – but I can see it happening. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you my my kind of – this isn't necessarily a hot take prediction. It's just it's just a bold yeah. prediction for the AFC. Uh, I think we're going to have another 10-6 and six team that doesn't make the playoffs like the Dolphins did last year. I, I just think that the AFC is that good where uh, you're probably going to have another team that finishes with a really good record and somehow, someway don't make the playoffs. Well, that would be ten and seven this year. Ten right? and seven, so yes, that, right. Yeah, because well, you think about it, you know, does the seventeenth game give make at the end of the year are we looking and going, Wow, a team got in with seven losses, or does the seventeenth game you know give more opportunity, uh, you know, and give more opportunity, or do you have to win that extra game now, I should say, to get to eleven? It's gonna be a really interesting one mm-hmm. for sure. Um I, I can see it. I can see that happening. Um there because of the expanded playoff field, you're always gonna probably you're going to see a team here or there go down the road that's going to get in with a lesser record. But I think the AFC is really good, and I agree with you that it might take it might take 11 wins this year to get in because the middle of the AFC is really fat and good, whereas the NFC, I think, is super top-heavy instead. Sal, uh, your NFC picks, too. I mean, the NFC East and Washington, I could easily see that happening. I think Dallas is probably the closest team contending with them. Uh, Packers, Buccaneers, Rams. I think that's expected. Uh, but your two, but two of the NFC wildcard teams, the Vikings and especially the Panthers. I mean, I think the Panthers yeah. are for are, are in for a good bounce back year, and I think they will contend. But uh, what are your thoughts on on the Vikings and the Panthers, especially getting into the playoffs? Yeah, for some reason, I for some reason, and I'm probably dumb for it. I I, I take the Vikings every year. I just I don't know why. I, I've always <laughs> liked Mike Zimmer as a coach, although he's, he's disappointed me the last. You know, a couple of years, whatever, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think the Vikings, but the other part is the division is just not good. Uh, I don't think the Bears are going to be very good. The Lions aren't going to be very good. And I think, you know, the Packers, other than Aaron Rodgers, they don't have a great roster, so there's opportunity there maybe for the Vikings. But I'm high on the Panthers. I like the Carolina Panthers. I like Matt Rule. I think he's a good coach. They have a lot of weapons. Christian McCaffrey is healthy again, bringing Sam Darnold in. I really like their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. I think he's going to do a really good job with that group. Um, that's a team the Bills will see in late December. That's that Sunday, maybe Saturday game that we don't know yet. That's a TBD game. So I think by that time, you know, Carolina could be really in the mix there for that playoff spot. And, and I think, like I said, I think the NFC is top-heavy. You look through the NFC, 
there's a lot of teams that you think, oh, maybe maybe they could sneak in right there, and that's my team this year's Carolina doing that. Mm-hmm. All right, Sal, I'll let you uh, I'll let you hype up Bills fans with your Super Bowl pick uh, here before we let you go. So go ahead, the floor is yours. Well, I've never done it before, and it felt weird writing it. It felt weird saying, doing it. It feels weird talking about it, but I have the Buffalo Bills winning the Super Bowl, going to L.A., SoFi Stadium, day before Valentine's Day 2022, and beating the Rams in their home stadium, by the way. I have the Rams two years in a row now, a team going and playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Of course, last year was the Buccaneers. But, you know, Brayton, last year I picked the Bills to go to the AFC Championship game and lose to the Chiefs. That happened. And I'm not saying that to, to puff my chest out. Okay, maybe I am a little bit. But the reason I'm saying it is, you know, I do think this has been a process and a build that this is where this team is now. Um, it is not a hot take at all for anybody to pick the Buffalo Bills to win a Super Bowl. Uh, several people have done it. Pete Prisco did it of CBS Sports last week. I mm-hmm. think um, I think it was Kyle Brandt who picked them to win the AFC yesterday. I don't know if he picked them to win the Super Bowl on Good Morning Football. And they are a trendy pick. Sometimes that scares you, right? A trendy pick is usually the one that doesn't go. But I think they have all the tools. It's their goal. Um, this is a We're in a championship window right now for the Bills for the next several years. So why not this year? Why not let's start it off and, and, and get it done right away? Couldn't have said it better myself, Sal. Well, Sal, enjoy the rest of your Saturday, and uh, we'll hear plenty more from you tomorrow in pregame and also uh, during the game as you'll be on the sidelines covering the game. And uh, thanks again for taking the time this morning to join me. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be fun. Thanks, man. Thanks, Sal. Sal Capaccio joining us here on the Western Hotline on WGR. And Sal's appearance, as always, is brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it is the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? We'll step aside, and then when we come back, we'll get Matt Perino from Syracuse.com as we're continuing on with our action-packed lineup of guests here on this special edition of Sports Talk Saturday on, uh, what are we What are we calling today, Bills Miss Eve? Uh, Bill's opener, Eve, uh, however you want to term it, however you want to call it. The dawn of a new age! Exactly. I like that, Corey. Uh, So it is the day before uh, the opener of the 2021 regular season for the Bills, and we'll talk with Matt Perino coming up next year. Sports Talk Saturday. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Geary this week on WGR. WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, back here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Geary once again. Nate will be joining me at 1.30 this afternoon to talk some Bills football. Nate thought he could get away with getting off today. Hmm, no, no, that's not happening. He'll join us at 1.30 on top of everything that he's going to be doing with pregame halftime and uh, the overtime show uh, tomorrow for our Bills coverage and we're going to continue on with our lineup of guests today and right now we're going to reach out to the Western Hotline and go to Matt Perino from NewYorkUpstate.com Syracuse.com covers the Bills on a regular basis along with Ryan Talbot both of those guys do a great job covering the Bills and he joins us right now Matt it's always great to have you on the show and uh, thanks for taking the time today to join me here I feel very honored, Mr. Wilson. I I think you put together quite a lineup, uh, the the best of the best. So I appreciate uh, you having me on. Well, I gotta get I gotta get in two of the 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 better mats in Western New York with you and Matt Beauvais as well. So uh, I I appreciate you taking time to to join me in this premier lineup of guests today. So uh, I mean, what does this what does this opener mean for you tomorrow because I know last year with COVID and how no fans in attendance this is going to be the first time that Highmark Stadium has had full capacity at the stadium since the 2019 season what does this 
opener for the Bills this year mean for you? Is it more about the fans being back? Is it more about the Bills actually being serious contenders in, in, for a Super Bowl this year? Uh, what what exactly does this opener mean for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, I was talking to uh, Elena Gatzenberg, uh, who I think you're going to have on the show, and Catherine Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Regular season Bills game. And I was telling them, A, get there really early this week with, you know, 70,000 people back in the building. It's going to be hectic down there. But also, make sure you take some time in the, in the craziness to really take it all in. And, you know, in the, in the press box, we're, we're kind of insulated a bit, and it's hard to hear at times what's going on in the stadium. But I think that tomorrow is one of those games where if I could sneak out just for a minute or two to just take it all in, I kind of want to because it, it's special, man. Like going through all last year was – so weird being in that building with nobody there and then having the 6,500 for the two playoff games. Uh, you know, I know what it means to the city. You know, my entire family is filled with Bills fans that are in Buffalo and, you know, outside of Buffalo that still root for the team. So just the emotions around what this is going to mean for the city and, you know, the weekend and celebrating 9-11. I mean, it's just an, it's going to be an emotional day, I think. Matt Perino from NewYorkUpstate.com, Syracuse.com, joining us right now on the Western Hotline on WGR. So, Matt, uh, sort of the topic that, we are, that we're going to be focusing in t- on today is you're, the biggest matchup that you're looking at with this Bills opener against the Steelers. What are you watching for the most, uh, with whether it's one unit in particular against another, one player against another with the Steelers? What are you looking for uh, to watch the most with this matchup? You know, I... I think it's going to come down to how can the Pittsburgh Steelers limit this Bills passing attack. They did it early last year. They they had a good plan for Josh Allen and this offense, and I thought that they got some decent pressure. I thought that, you know, they did a good job. But you can only do that, I feel like, for so long. I mean, we saw it in the preseason game with the way that this Bills offense just moved up and down the field. Uh, they hadn't been, they hadn't played a game all all summer, and they came out with one drive, score a touchdown, another drive, they move the ball, and then another drive, uh, touchdown in the third drive. So I think it's going to be where's T.J. Watt's conditioning level at? Uh, what does Melvin Ingram offer? I know Alex Highsmith is questionable if he can't go. Where are they going to get answers? Cam Hayward up the middle is going to test that interior, which I I believe we're going to get a, a a big chunk of Cody Ford. I don't know if he's going to play. The whole game, I'd imagine he starts, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see some Mike Butker in there as well. But it's going to be a challenge up front. And then you look at the left tackle spot. I asked Deion Dawkins about this yesterday. You know, where's your conditioning level at? He's confident. He thinks he's back. He thinks he's ready to go. But a 60-minute football game is just a little bit different. Where's Mm -hmm. his cardio in the fourth quarter? So I think that's going to be the matchup that determines this game because if if the Steelers can't consistently slow this offense down, they're just, just going to run them out of that place. Yeah, when we talked with Sean McDermott yesterday, you mentioned the guard battle, and, and, and McDermott wasn't really open to kind of giving any details as to how that was going to play out. How do you feel that that guard battle has played out, and who's going to be on that starting line at the guard position uh, when the offense takes the field tomorrow? It's hard. I think I think Cody Ford's been solid. Um, I know that there's there seems to be a lot of criticism for him 
And I don't think we've seen enough yet. And I, and I think working your way back from the injury that he had, you know, any leg injury where you've got to kind of plant and drive, it's going to take a while to get that back to where you feel 100% comfortable. I think he's, he's at least in a place now where you can get him locked in at that right guard spot, let him, let him play next to Darrell Williams, who they both went to Oklahoma, they built a pretty strong relationship, and see what you have there. But I think they like Ike, too, and, and the, they've never shied away from a, a position rotation. I mean, they don't, they don't uh, have any problems doing that if that's what is the best situation for the team. So I think they're going to go into the game and probably see how it plays out and how's Cody Ford playing. But I do, at the same time, find it interesting that they've never – really been committed enough to Cody Ford to just say, come hell or high water, we're going to give Cody Ford this job for this amount of time. Go back to his rookie year. No matter what happened, week after week, it was that rotation with Ty Ensecki that kept coming back up. Uh, he had some, some, some starts last year where he was starting to settle in, but they were moving him on both sides of the line. So I think that it might be time to just hand the reins over to Cody and just see – if he can sink or swim for a few weeks in a row, we'll see what, what approach they take. Matt, uh, the other battle that McDermott talked about yesterday, which we now know it has a winner in that battle, is the CB2 battle between Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace. And, and once again, it is Levi Wallace prevailing through all the competition that he's had to go through to win that battle and get the star opposite of Tredavious White. Uh, was there really any doubt through as the preseason went on that Levi Wallace was the, the, the second cornerback opposite Tredavious White? Or do you think that Dane Jackson has done enough in, uh, in in the preseason and in, in early in year two of his NFL career to kind of give the Bills a little bit of hope that, hey, there might be something here more than just, you know, Dane Jackson, the seventh-round pick from a year ago. Yeah, it's for me it's been about three weeks or so that I've kind of had it wrapped up for Levi. I know Sean um, has maintained the competition there. But, you know, it, it just goes back to he's old faithful. You know, they can they trust him to be an above average level competent starter. And sometimes, you know, a lot of teams in this league don't have that at the second cornerback spot. So, you know, I, I've had him kind of penciled in there. Now with Dane, it's interesting. He's had kind of a, a little bit more quiet of a of a training camp and then preseason he hasn't made as many plays as he did in the spring and last year in the two spot starts. So but they still are very high on him. I mean, just go back and listen to the way that Brandon Bean spoke about him in the offseason, and even in a recent interview that he did with Tim Graham of The Athletic, he said, he point blank asked him, Tim did, why didn't you go out and sign another cornerback? And he said, we like what we have. So if Levi Wall- you get Levi Wallace in there, if something happens with them, him, they like Dane Jackson to come in there, uh, be ready to play. He proved that ability last year. And then they continue to like Saran Neal, who, you know, they call him maybe they're one of their better overall tacklers in that hybrid cornerback nickel safety role that they've carved out for him. So uh, I think they like what they have, and I know Bills fans are frustrated with that at times, but they're confident that they have enough uh, to make plays back there. And I mean, it's hard to argue too, Brayton. They they finished fourth in the NFL last year in takeaways, mm-hmm. and when you're when you're producing like that, it's kind of, the proof is kind of in the pudding. So until it's not happening at that level. It's, it's easy to understand why they're, they're so confident. Matt Perino, a few more minutes with him here on the Western Hotline from Syracuse.com and NewYorkUpstate.com. Well, Matt, uh, 
we, we thought we were going to have the return of Star Latulale for at least this first game earlier this preseason, but it turns out he's going to be out. He's dealing with a calf issue. Is this just kind of status quo for the Bills, especially with how everything played out last year? Or how do you think the, the, that the absence of Star Latulale impacts the Bills in this game heading into the uh, matchup with the Steelers? Yeah, there's some frustration uh, within the fan base uh, not having Latulale available again after everything, the the, the storyline that's that's played out over the last year. I mean, you go back to the to the opt out, um, which you know you, you kind of chalk that up and say he was doing something for his family. Uh, he comes back and then he he ends up having to be out of the building for five days because apparently he's not vaccinated. And you know, it's if you're a fan and you're looking at this guy who, you know, you hear the, 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 the coaching staff, the players talk about his value and what he's going to allow other people in this defense, important pieces in this defense, uh, to be able to do in a big year for Tremaine Edmonds and Ed Oliver. It's frustrating. But i got to tell you, from every conversation I've had with Starla Tulele uh, since he's been back, I'd imagine he's just as frustrated. Uh, he was excited the last time we talked to him. 12 snaps against the Packers. And I think this is going to be a situation where it's probably one week. I bet, he, I bet he's back ready to go for Miami. They said that the, uh, Sean said that he was trending in the right direction earlier this week. It just didn't happen quick enough, apparently. But Harrison Phillips, the good news there, who's the, bet, the, the, the prime. He's feeling right. able to rehab uh, what was at first a worrisome, fearful injury that uh, they came back and realized it was something he was going to get back from quickly and he's ready to go and and so that's a that's good news and they're 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 used to this and i don't think that the the game's going to come down to what you know happens on the interior necessarily unless Najee harris is ready to go for 150 and a couple touchdowns i think the bills are prioritizing putting an emphasis on stopping the and letting Ben Roethlisberger try to beat him with their arm. And, you know, they, they intercepted him twice last year. I'd imagine the secondary. And, you know, the pressure that they're going to get from their edge players, Greg Rousseau, I mean, all eyes are going to be on him in this game. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it comes down to. And they just got to do their best to not let any type of, you know, momentum build in the run. You could take a, a hit or two here or there, but you just don't want them to get you know a couple of drives where they're, they're pounding the ball down your throat. Last thing I'll ask you here, Matt, before we let you go, is there anybody that you're watching in particular this season to have a breakout year and kind of establish themselves on this team as uh, you know somebody who's going to have a big impact? I mean, we've seen that over the years with guys like Tredavious White and even Josh Allen last year. You know, Stephon Diggs proved to be a legitimate number one wide receiver in the NFL, if there was any doubt really in that matter before that. But is there anyone this year on this Bills roster that you can see breaking out and really establishing themselves as a key player going forward with this organization? It's an absolute tie between between Tremaine Edmonds and Ed Oliver. Uh, I've talked about both of them recently on radio hits that I've done nationally. And, you know, if you're asking me who I think would be a better bet, I'd probably go with Tremaine Edmonds just based on what I think Star means for him. But, man, I've, I've gone back now and I've watched a couple games here in the preseason, and Ed Oliver, to me, looks like he's ready to break out. Like, he looks like he's understanding how to win more. The explosion is kind of pairing with the understanding 
of how to battle against you know guards. And he's in a, in a spot now where I think they're going to let him play his more natural position at three technique. Now, Star's out this week, and you, you figure, okay, what does that mean? Does that mean more Vernon Butler uh, pairing with Harrison Phillips and, and, and staying away from putting Ed Oliver in that spot? You'd probably hope. But I think that you know Ed Oliver is going to make plays. I think there's no way that Tremaine Edmonds doesn't start to make some of these splash plays. Uh, he gets his hands on so many balls. Uh, I, I go with those two guys. Well, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Perino, and uh, you can follow his work at Syracuse.com and also NewYorkUpstate.com. Matt, thanks again for taking the time on this Saturday to join the show. Enjoy tomorrow. Enjoy being back at the stadium with the full crowd, and I'm sure we'll talk plenty more as the season goes on. Brayden, have a great weekend, man. Enjoy the game. Thank you. You as well. Matt Perino joining us from NewYorkUpstate.com, Syracuse.com. Follow him on Twitter. He joins us on the Western Hotline here on WGR. Uh, we got one more segment left in this hour, but then at noon we will talk with new ESPN Bills beat reporter for NFL Nation, uh, ESPN's NFL Nation, Elena Getzenberg. She'll join us at noon. Matt Perino from WKBW-TV in Buffalo joins us at 1230. Andy Lindbergh from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh at 1, and then Nate Geary uh, coming up at 1.30 to talk some Bills football. All Bills football with you as the Bills get ready to kick off their 2021 season tomorrow against the Pittsburgh Steelers at Highmark Stadium. We'll be back after a few minutes here. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Geary on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Here's to you. Download the Odyssey app today to listen to WGR Sports Radio 550. Brought to you by Geico. Local office, West Seneca. My thanks again to Matt Perino for joining me last segment here on WGR. In case you missed that, Corey will have it up on demand at WGR550.com. Sal Capaccio also joining me for the very first segment here on WGR. Went through his crystal ball predictions. That's also available on our website, WGR550.com. Of course, um... You know, today is the 20-year anniversary of uh, the September 11th attacks that claimed nearly 3,000 lives. A, a tragic day, a um, a very memorable day for anybody that's that's lived through that day and and experienced um, just kind of the nature of everything that went into the, that day in particular. The minutes between uh, the first plane when it hit, between the uh, the the collapse of the second tower, and then also. Um, the days leading up or the days after that and and so on and so forth all the way through. And, um, you know, I, I think it's important for everybody to recognize today just just the the loss that um, this country felt on that day and also just with um, recognizing the heroes that um, helped the people escape the towers and, and, and take care of people that were, you know, in need of, of help or anything like that on that tragic day. And um, also to recognize the people that we've lost um, on that day and, and since then with the uh, after effects of, um, you know, some terrible stuff that happened with, you know, um, People down in New York City um, with with sicknesses and, and and cancer and everything like that, as a result of going down to the towers and and trying to um, with the recovery efforts and the cleanups and everything. So, um, I think it's just important on a day like today to recognize uh, those that we've lost, um, and we will never forget the people that 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 lost their lives on September 11th, 2001. And I think many of us will never forget where we were and, and how we first heard about it and, and watching everything kind of unfold and, and seeing everything. So, um, 
you know, just keep everybody with in in your thoughts and everything on a day like today. And you know, today is a day of recognition for the events that happened 20 years ago. And of course, today is a big jam-packed day for college football. Tomorrow's a big jam-packed day for uh, the opening week of the NFL, and the NFL is doing plenty um, today and tomorrow to recognize um, those that lost their lives on September 11th, 2001, and and afterwards, um, fighting for the country and and helping those in need um, all throughout the world, and also here in in the U.S. with those with with the days on that day and after the days after that. So um, again, keep everybody in their thoughts and and. Also, just recognize today um, everything that happened 20 years ago and, and, and just the uh, the impact that that had on our country. 803-0551-888-550-2550. Um, plenty to get to here in the final two hours of the show. Again, we will speak with Elena Getzenberg, the new uh, Bills Beat reporter for ESPN's NFL Nation. She'll come up next here on WGR. Matt Bovee coming up at 1230. We'll have Andy Lindbergh from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh joining us at 1 o'clock, and then Nate Geary will join us at 1.30 to round out this edition of Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate today. Again, coverage of the Bills and the Steelers starts tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., starting with Breakfast with the Bills with Louis DiBiase and Derek Kramer. Then at 8 o'clock, we'll have Bills game day with Jeremy White and Nate Geary live from Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. Then at 10, it'll be Nate joined by Sneaky Joe DiBiase for more Bills pregame coverage down in Orchard Park. And then it'll be John Murphy, Eric Wood, and Sal Capaccio with kickoff at 1 o'clock between the Bills and the Steelers. And you'll be able to hear all of the play-by-play action right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 